This is Great Disturbances, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, hosts Rich and Paul discuss Star Wars media, no matter what form it takes. All right, welcome back. I am Rich. And I am Paul. And we are back, baby. We're talking about uh, Attack of the Clones, which Paul dropped the bomb on me last recording that that Paul doesn't like the the the, the prequels and 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 I I honestly thought that Paul was was someone that liked liked the prequels. <laughs> Mind blown, <laughs> literally out the. Uh, back such head. a funny, such a funny little thing to sort of be mistaken about. I think, <laughs> yeah. Just in terms of like like what is I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there among our listener who like. Somewhere in the universe, there are people who enjoyed those films, okay? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, people did not enjoy them, at least in terms of, like, thinking they were good movies. Right. So for you to, for you to have sort of assumed that I <laughs> thought that they were good movies... Um, <laughs> I, don't, would, I don't know what... <laughs> which, which would, that would have put me in such a minority camp. <laughs> in such a weird place in your head <laughs> yeah. just it's just it, it's just funny that's all i don't know what it says about what i think of you though you know, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, we've known each other for a while now and for me to be like fucking paul likes the prequels man i know this was a fact paul likes the prequels oh uh, yes <laughs> pretty smart but i don't know why he likes those prequels man <laughs> Yeah, so the prequels, the prequels are, you know, you said that, you know, there's there's people out there that like them, and there are, right? There's people out there who, no matter how good or bad something is within a realm of a fandom, they love it. They just eat it up, right? Yep. I mean, you see it yeah. with the Marvel movies. You definitely yeah. see it with Star Wars. All you have to do is go on yeah. Reddit and look at, like, there's a Reddit called uh, Star Wars Cantina. They tout it as a positive place where everybody can have an opinion, but if the opinion is that that that, that something sucks, uh, they don't want to hear it. Uh, oh, as right. lo- well, that's not true. They want to hear it, but they want you to be respectful about it, which I guess I can understand and I can totally I can totally get behind, right? Because I'm not I don't I'm not here mm-hmm. to like bash anybody's opinions of the prequels. I am here to give my opinion of the prequels, as you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that you have these people who are, and I'm going to say, fanatical about something yeah yeah really embodying the idea of what a fan is right (laughs) yeah just kind of blindly accepting everything yes like these are the same people that would probably love caravan of courage which i'm I'm sorry there's not much to love about it so uh i don't know if you ever saw caravan of courage no crawl god we're gonna do that we're gonna be doing that at some point Shit. what is that oh, like a yeah. is that like a star wars charity thing or what no no man that was an ewok movie in the 80s what it was a tv movie do you want to talk about you remember how people bitched about oh you're making it too kid friendly and yada 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 after return of the jedi came out uh lucas did two ewok movies there was the ewok adventure and he did uh ewok's caravan of courage and look, they're both bad, but Caravan of Courage is the worst offender of all of them. I mean, it's bad. It's we'll have to. It's got to be seen to believe to be believed. Okay, you've okay. got to see okay. this. My parents recorded this for me. It must have came out. I want to say eighty <laughs> eighty seven ish time frame, but my parents recorded it for me. I'm fourteen years old. Okay, and this is not aimed at fourteen year olds. This is <laughs> aimed at nine ish year olds. Yeah. But my parents recorded it for me because they were like, oh, it's Star Wars. My, my son loves Star Wars. And that's my mom. <laughs> that's my impression of my mother. So if you're listening, mom, I love you. But I love you too. 
Marianne, <laughs> you're a great mom. You're just a great mom. So, like, watching it, I thought to myself, what the fuck is this? <laughs> at 14 years old, I, I knew that, that strange things were afoot at the Circle K at that point, let's just say. Yeah, he, uh, he kind of went off the... So Jar Jar actually is kind of a natural offshoot of what he was planning. Um, <laughs> right. You, you, like, is, is it the kind of thing where you see that and then Jar Jar makes complete sense? Yes. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I remember, I remember actually seeing um, Phantom Menace in theaters and everybody was like, the fuck is this Jar Jar thing? And I was like, did you guys, did you guys forget the 80s? I mean, there was a <laughs> droids cartoon. All right. I'm not surprised by this shit at all. Mm. Yeah. Well, we're here to talk about Attack of the Clones. And, uh, yes. And the way we kind of came to it was this is the, in both of our opinions, the worst of the prequel films, right? Yeah. So I sat down and I, I rewatched this. And I also watched more stuff than I wanted to as far as like special features, that sort of thing. There's a whole lot of like green screened footage where, where it's basically just, uh, you know, people with sticks that are eventually going to be lightsabers swinging them around and going, right? You know, yeah. all that shit. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. How do let's we want to, how do we want to handle yeah. this? Do we want to, do we want to kind of give the story or do we want to assume that our listening audience will, will know um, the story of Attack of the Clones? Let's do the three sentence synopsis. Oh, fuck. Okay. Really? Okay. <clears throat> you got yeah. this? Now don't, yeah, I'm, I'm oh, going to do it. Oh, oh don't, okay. don't hold me to three sentences though. Cause I'm going to fuck that up. Well, you said but, three sentences. You said, why did you say three if you didn't, we're going to do three? What kind of, what kind of asshole are you? Do three sentences. <laughs> so for Stick anyone listening, plan. for anyone listening and transcribing what I'm saying, put three periods in random places in what I'm about to say, and that will make it three sentences. Perfect. So, so Attack of the Clones is the second of the prequel films, and it follows Anakin Skywalker as a young Jedi Padawan going through his re-meeting Padme Amidala, who was present for him in the first film when he was like six or seven years old or something like that. He was nine. Um, and he was, okay, nine. Okay. Yeah, he was nine, yeah. Um, since then, he has been infatuated with her and yet never seen her again. So, As most, so part of most nine-year-olds film, are like that, though, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, see, right, that happens. Yeah, yeah all the, the time. So... So in this film is the story of the, I think the, I think the A story is Anakin and Padme's love story. Put giant air quotes wherever you want in that sentence there. And a period uh, at the end. And a period at the end, <laughs> but only if it makes sense in terms of the number of periods I need to use to say right. three sentences. The, the B story is Obi-Wan Kenobi and the rest of the Jedi finding out more of how Palpatine is exercising machinations to bring things to war. Now, the Jedi don't find out that it's him, and they don't know that this war is a, is a setup, but they discover that there's more dark side things going on in the Senate, in the, in the galaxy. I guess that's my synopsis. Okay, trying to keep yeah. it short. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. That's short and sweet. I think you're right. I think that Anakin and Padme's uh, love story is eventual love story is kind of the the lead right but the more intriguing thing is actually the 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 b story like you said the b-roll the um yeah the obi-wan stuff when i'm saying it's it's more intriguing i don't necessarily mean that it's all that good i just mean that yeah. like i honestly would rather be watching that than the 
really ham-handed romance stuff. Lucas is this, this is this is like Lucas unhinged, right? From what I, from all accounts, if you leave him go, you're going to end up with the goofiest shit you've ever seen, right? Like he's got to have somebody there, like a Lawrence Kasdan, to say to him, "Hold up, George." we need to rein this in a little bit and why don't we focus on this instead right so so you know i didn't even look did did george lucas write and direct this film yes yeah okay. I, I don't think i don't think he had any co-writers for these prequels but i will check okay. right now as you're i mean i i knew i i was pretty sure that he was the sole writer i didn't know exactly whether he was sole director as well but the the reason i say that to latch on to what you're saying is that this film is a disaster in terms of writing and directing. As someone who has occasionally acted in the past, I hear the words the actors are saying, and I think to myself, my God, how are you making this interesting? This is <laughs> terrible dialogue. Yeah. It, it is a testament to Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor and Samuel L. Jackson that they can be in this film and look semi-human because the dialogue is horseshit oh god and and some the director the directorial choices of when the shots linger on a certain person or Mm -hmm. the 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 spaces between people saying their lines are also terrible yes the scene you watch the scene where yoda and mace windu and a couple other jedi are in the in palpatine's office Right, kind of toward the beginning, they're discussing the attack on mm-hmm. Senator Amidala. Mm-hmm. I have been on stage and worked with directors and stuff like that who would crucify us as a cast mm-hmm. if we allowed these stupid pauses between the lines. Yes, that are not necessary, and mm-hmm. that like, and that I'm sure that are against these actors' instincts, and possibly edited to be longer than they were in filming <laughs> right it's possible it is it is a it is fucking terrible hats off hats off to you you and mcgregor hats right. off to you natalie portman <laughs> you guys did amazing things with what must be one of the worst scripts i've ever heard people speak out loud in my life <laughs> yeah Okay, so uh, while you were talking there, I looked it up, and he actually has a writing partner in this, but only for the screenplay. The story is all his. Um, He teamed with Jonathan Hales, who actually is a frequent collaborator of his, or was, from the early 90s when he started doing the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. So he worked with him for almost a decade on the Young Indiana Jones series and like and writing and like re-editing that because eventually they they took all the episodes and re-edited them into television movies right but he's credited on all of this and then that man also wrote this uh, this this uh, Jonathan Hales he wrote The Scorpion King which is by far one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen in my life and then Attack of the Clones and his credits end there he's not like- dead he may have retired after Attack of the Clones and said, you know what? I got to wash my hands of this. George Lucas is the creative center of this stuff. Yes, absolutely. And clearly has it, what took it upon himself to be like, yes, let's make prequels, but I am, I am the king of this stuff. Yeah. So any, anybody else I'm not going to bag on as hard, but right. George Lucas, fucking hell. Right. 
Now, it, and here's the thing. I, I have the utmost respect for George Lucas. I think that because I do, I think I feel, I feel a responsibility to call out uh, the bad, you know, because I mean, he's done, he's yeah. done a lot of good stuff. I mean, he did American graffiti. He did uh, <clears throat> THX 1138. He made the original star Wars, but he also did shit like um, fucking Howard the duck. You know, I mean, George yeah, Lucas it's is like, kinda, look, it's like a person who's creative, like George Lucas mm-hmm. should have a large body of work that just, that's, that's how the best creative people are is they do right. lots of things. And then the best stuff is the best and the worst stuff is of whatever quality. It's right. just that George Lucas found his way to releasing to the world some of the worst stuff, right? <laughs> yes. Where, you know, you know, there's got to be cuts of, let's say, Prince, right? Prince is a fucking magician as far as making groovy songs. Right. There's got to be recordings of Prince fucking up or, sure. yeah. or making a, just a bad song. Right. But there, like, it didn't make it onto a record, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> this stuff, this terrible excuse for a movie mm-hmm. got made into a movie. Mm-hmm. Because George Lucas willed it into being because a movie. Now, George Lucas like dragged it through and mm-hmm. made it happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like he, uh, look, uh, after Return of the Jedi came out, they immediately started talking about, oh, are they going to make more movies? You're going to make another trilogy of movies? And he, you know, he definitely wanted to do that. I mean, he, he retained all the rights to anything that wasn't the original Star Wars, right? So mm-hmm. all the, all the, licensing rights all of the rights to um toys and merchandise marketing and and merchandising yeah Yeah. so he wanted to make some money off of this so let's be honest right i don't know that the the tack of political motivations and all that is something that i mean look these are very clearly marketed towards kids i mean what kid gives a shit about like a senate meeting yeah no kid gives a shit about that. Yeah. Kids want to see knights and laser swords, man. Yeah. That's what they're there for. And, and we got that. We get that in this movie a lot, yep, right? We, we get do. a lot of that. We do. It, we honestly, do. That, that I'm going to give my thumbs up to that. Um, the, the Battle of Geonosis, I like that. I like seeing all those Jedi. I like the badass moment where, where uh, Mace Windu comes in and like holds his lightsaber up to, was it Dooku's neck and says, uh, I think we're about done here or whatever. It you know? was Django Fett's neck. Django Fett's neck. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yep. Which, well, oh, uh, portended, you know, portended yeah. what, 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 what to <laughs> not, come, right? Not the first time that would happen. <laughs> or, sorry, not <laughs> or the, the last, last time. Not, yeah, the, not last the last time. time. <laughs> it was the first time, <laughs> yeah. probably. Anyway, but not the last time. There will be only, only one thing, uh, one more time that that would happen. <laughs> to Django Fett, anyway. To Django Fett, um, right. Yeah. So here's the thing, like they make a big thing out of the Jedi's power is starting to fade a little bit. And so they're mm-hmm. having a hard time sensing the dark side. And yet they know the dark side's out there and they know that it's getting more powerful. If your yeah. powers are, are, are fading, how do you know that they're becoming more powerful? Even if your powers are becoming less strong, right? Let's say you are sitting in a room with... Um, probably the most powerful dark side user in the galaxy at the time. Um, yeah. And there's, there's a whole team of you and your Jedi friends. Not one of you is going to say, something seems a little bit off here. Something's not quite right. right? You no, know, like, are we supposed to think that, and maybe we are supposed to think that Palpatine is just so crazy good 
at what he's doing that he can throw all of the Jedi off the scent. Right. Well, I maybe. Mean, I mean, clearly we are supposed to think that because that's what happens right, in the right in the in the films here. Mm-hmm. So there's there there's this scale issue again, where there are these mega disasters mm-hmm. like destructions of planets right. or multiple planets and multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. There is uh, there's an Infinities comic where Yoda crashes the Death Star yes. into Coruscant, which right. which would mean billions of people died. Right. Billions of people. Billions. And and in the crawl of this movie, the the text says several thousand systems are considering considering leaving the Republic. Just how many systems are there in the 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 Galactic Republic? Because like the Jedi have this enormous temple and and there are thousands of systems just just considering leaving that, that doesn't even tell you how many there are in general in the republic like right. i do, like what i what i never understand is how many jedi are there mm-hmm. and how many of them showed up to geonosis mm-hmm. like what percentage of the jedi alive were killed on geonosis like all these things i still am left to wonder about the size and scale of the of the republic of the jedi of all this stuff because if there if there are thousands of systems just who are considering leaving that must mean there are thousands more systems and if there are let's say even just conservatively ten thousand systems in the republic that must mean there are trillions upon trillions of beings in the republic and that must also mean that like so the on on uh, camino Tonwi says to Obi-Wan Kenobi, she's like, there are 250,000 clones ready right now or soon. Right, right. That, that seems big, except at the scale of the Republic, that is a tiny number. That yeah. is insignificant, especially considering that Palpatine is, is clearly maneuvering things toward orchestrating a war in the galaxy. Now, they do say that they're making more, but still, considering the scale of the Republic, you would need millions upon millions of clone soldiers, and you would need millions upon millions of droids for the other side, right, to to battle at anything resembling a galactic scale in terms of this war. Yes, absolutely. So that's not a specific complaint. No. It's just to say that, like, the the scale of things is sometimes out of whack a little bit or not considered to the level that it might actually exist in the galaxy at that right. time. Here's, here's the, uh, here's the thing that I, I believe we're meant to take from this eventually, not right off the bat, but eventually we're supposed to take from this, that Palpatine is pulling the strings on all aspects of this. He disguised himself or sent Sifo-Dyas to start the clone army, right? Mm-hmm. He, uh, he organized the separatists and had Dooku um, lead them, right? Um, and so, so he, he, to him, if you've got, you know, a couple hundred thousand, it doesn't matter how grand the scale is for him, maybe, because all he needs is to, is to distract, Right. Right. So yeah, that's true. So that's true. like, but and and I'm not trying to make excuses for this at all. No, but, but 
you're, because but you're right though. Well, because it's not really explicitly said though. That's what, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, right. they never really explicitly say, yeah, boy, Palpatine was the one that sent Siphonius. Palpatine was the one. Well, we kind of figured that Palpatine is the one that sent Dooku, but like yeah. we're meant to, we're meant to infer that. Yeah. Um, and you know, fine. That's fine. I, I understand that we have to interpret our own art. We can't, you know, we can't be have everything just kind of handheld for us, but yeah. That's kind of a that's kind of an important detail that we need. You know what I mean? It's not about like, hey, what does this mean? It's about, oh, hey, this is how it happened, right? But realistically, this is the this is the attack on Syria to distract uh, from whatever the hell's going on politically, right? Yeah. So that's that's what this is. I definitely get yeah. where you're coming from, though. But yeah, there's there's lots of little things too that I was on a kick when I first watched through on a kick of like little things that were like, that's dumb. Yeah. Yes. Why would, you, why would you do that? That's dumb. So here, here's one. The first thing I wrote down was Senator Amidala mm-hmm. lands on Coruscant in this mm-hmm. gigantic starship, right? Right, right. Why, why does it have wings? Like, <laughs> spaceships, spaceships in, clearly in Star Wars, spaceships or ships in the atmosphere don't right. need, need wings. So why would you build a thing with gigantic wings? And then it just touches down anyway by levitation, right? It doesn't even <laughs> like, it doesn't come to a landing in us on an airstrip. It right. just, it just levitates down. Correct. So why, are, why, why does the thing have wings? I, I don't know. know. That was just, to me, that was like, oh, we're starting <laughs> off in the wrong foot here. Um, the, there was another thing that like, that when, when, when the bomb hits the, the airplane yeah. at the beginning yeah. and the, the decoy Amidala, yeah. Says to Padme, I failed you, Senator. Yeah. Like, and, and Padme immediately says, no, 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 don't say that. But I, I immediately thought to myself, too, no, you didn't. You just did your job. Yeah, you like, did exactly what you're you, supposed to you do. You did exactly <laughs> why, that is why you exist. You are supposed to get hit by the bomb that is yeah. meant for the Senator or the Queen or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. So right. I, was like, I was like, that's a strange thing to say. Right. So, and, and you're taking that whole beginning of that from a different angle than i did because my first thought was why does a senator need a decoy oh yeah does every senator need a decoy because look i get it if she's a queen sure but when she turns to just regular public service and becomes a senator does she need a decoy yeah or or is it because do we already know that they're out for her blood maybe we, we already know we might already know that i'm not sure I feel like, well, no, because I think when she shows up in Palpatine's office and Yoda says, hey, it's good to see you in one piece, I understand there was something going on on the bombing strip. Of course, he says or on, the, uh, on the landing strip, we're going to have to send somebody to keep an eye on you, right? So yeah. I don't think that they knew that somebody was out for her right off the bat. Right. So this decoy is there for what reason? Is, is just doing what they always did with uh, Padme. Maybe Padme just was right. so rich that she was always willing to pay for decoys. <laughs> probably that's there probably she, it. <laughs> so, so there's that the, the, the let's see oh so okay another dumb thing i thought so assassination by bug yeah what yeah. the fuck i don't know especially don't know. because especially because later on Django fett uses a silent dart to kill the assassin right right well guess what you could have done in the first place is just <laughs> use that silent dart yeah, to kill, to kill Padme. Because if you're gonna like, what a what a non guaranteed way to to kill her, right? Because some some random house droid could like run over and squish the bugs, right? right? Accidentally, yeah. like use the Camino saber dart to poison her right in her bed, right? Because you 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 can open the window already. You have that technology. 
Right. Just, just do that. Just, just do that. Problem solved. Problem solved. <laughs> no, no excuse for dumb bug things. Yeah. The, uh, the dumb bug thing was, was dumb. Honestly, it was quite I, dumb. like they made, it made Django Fett and Zam Wessel look like Keystone cops almost. Yeah. Right. It did. Like, it did. like you know, the bumbling fools, right? Well, I mean, they're, you can't take them seriously then they're not deadly. They're idiots. Yeah. Gosh, right. So, so I don't, I don't take them <clears throat> as, as very good, very good characters. Speaking of Django Fett though, he does not have any problem taking his helmet off. And they make a big thing in the Mandalorian TV series later about how you're not supposed to take the helmet off. Yeah. Is Django he really just, does is, not. I mean, is he separated from the whole Mandalorian thing? He's just wearing the armor or what? Yeah. I mean, I don't like. Obviously, the one was, was, was filmed much later. And yeah. they're, build, they're back building this world. But are, are we to take from that that Django is maybe a disgraced uh, Ronin type Mandalorian? Mandalorian. What so my guess is that it's just not well paid attention to writing. Because so many things are not paid attention to well in the writing of this film that I think that's probably it. Well, and also, in, this is 2002, and it's, so it's presumably like the year 2000 or whatever this is being written. How much right. of the Mandalorian lore existed in, in 2000, right? There may, be, there may be a gap here in, in terms of what the Star Wars universe thought about stories about the Mandalorians or the Mandalorian culture, right? Right. So I don't know. There maybe there's a there's an excuse there. I'm not sure. Mm. Because well, I know there, by shortly after that, I know there was like in the in the game uh, Knights of the Old Republic and that, and a couple other games, there was mention of Mandalorians and their like strange warrior culture and all that kind of stuff. Right. 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 But at the at the time of the writing of the film, I don't know. Did that not was was Mandalorian not as big a thing as it is now? I'm not sure. Mm. I don't know. So who knows? But but I mean, it's totally even just. Even just Boba Fett from the original films also was never without his helmet. True. You know, so anyway, so you're right. It is a weird inconsistency. Yeah. Here's, here's one thing from my side. To me, this, this might almost take the cake as like the, oh, come on moment. <laughs> thing, is Padme promotes Jar Jar to Galactic Republic Senator. Right. Like, Can she do that? Come on. There's no way somebody as competent as Padme thinks, you know what? You know who would be a good representative for our entire planet <laughs> in the Galactic Republic is Jar Jar Banks. There is no there is no way she thinks that. Like go to the Naboo embassy on Coruscant, <laughs> look at who is there currently, call up like a lawyer from Naboo or something like that. And hey, be like, hey, look, I'll be gone for a little bit. Can you be acting senator? Right, right. <laughs> not like what would possess you to think Jar Jar Binks is a is even remotely good choice for senator. That uh, that was such an absurd thing. Absurd <laughs> thing. Well, I mean, uh, over and above that, is that even something that she is able to do? Aren't <laughs> right. Sen aren't senators yeah. elected? I mean, they are. If if, if if a senator now just like said fuck it, I'm, I'm going to step away for a little bit. I'm going to have this person, my, my, uh, my intern is going to take over my job as the <laughs> senator and uh, y'all are going to be okay with that. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. This, this, would be, this would be like saying my Roomba is going to be senator. 
I just gotta be honest, that insane. might work. <laughs> that might just actually the, work, though. Hey, shit. Is that how Skynet gets started? Is Roomba gets to the Senate? <laughs> Roomba uh, gets to the Senate. That's Skynet. <laughs> Holy fuck. There's, man, Long there are, the but there's, like, it's, I think it's the volume. Maybe for me, maybe, like, in the overall scope of this movie, the the volume of tiny stupid things mm-hmm. becomes a chorus that drowns out anything that might make sense. Yes, there, there it's a million uh, it's a million um, uh, uh, tiny ball bearings that went, uh, that together. But it's like a, okay, like snowflakes in a blizzard, right? There's a million snowflakes. Well, you're not gonna be able to see in front of you. That's exactly yeah. what happens here. You know, yeah. you, you, there's so many little things that are wrong with this film. Um, yes. D- d- like even like you think about the stuff that you'd think that Lucas would get right, like the CGI stuff, right? And maybe this yeah. is a limitation of the time, but the CGI fruit when they're sitting there and they're in oh, like yeah. using the force to like do that and then just stabbing it with the fork. Yeah. yeah. It looked really shitty, really shitty. Uh, like, the little farting cow thing that he rides and the, and the animated Anakin on top of it. I, like what was his obsession yeah. with farting things in this, oh, in this, in this prequel series? I mean, like in, in, in Phantom Menace, he's got farting things and this, he's got farting things. I, like what, when the Ewoks didn't fart, there were no farting Ewoks. It was just Ewoks, right? Yeah. They were cute and they were a little annoying, but like they didn't fart. They didn't make, bad dad jokes like c-3po does later they didn't i mean you know, they were good they were they were plenty ready to eat humans presumably right. they're already but i think they already had right yeah. like they i think they already ate stormtroopers i'm pretty yeah, sure the ewoks already yeah. ate stormtroopers i i would i can i can 100 <laughs> percent agree with that because there there are there's like leftover armor laying around and they're yeah. gonna they were gonna roast hand Oh, Han. Han, they were going to roast Han and Luke. <laughs> did you turn everybody else. into Lando for a second? There? I did. I Landoed that. I totally Landoed that. <laughs> Lando. Sorry, guys. <laughs> did you ever see the Clerks animated series? The no. Clerks animated TV series? That no. Was about, it went for like six episodes in the early 2000s. And um, one of the characters was a, was a black guy named Lando. And... They, it, he would just walk on for a quick second. They'd be like, hey, Lando, hey, guys. And then he'd keep going, and that would be it. And so that, when I said I landed it, I just did the Lando, that whole thing that they do from there. But anyway. Okay, uh, so here's, here's another nitpick. Yeah. Just, just here, one more. No, no, well, nitpick well, away, man. <laughs> so when Obi-Wan Kenobi is like, hey, there's supposed to be a star system there, but there's not. <laughs> There's so many things. There's, there's the, the one. I have two nitpicks with that. Two what the fucks with that. Right. The first is he talks to Jakasa Nu, the Jedi mm-hmm. librarian person, right. and she does the equivalent of Googling the planet <laughs> and looking at the first result and then being like, well, it's not there. Yeah. Like, she's like, she, there is no sense of like well let's search around and see what the, they're just like she types in the mystery planet into google and there's no results and she's like well sorry there's nothing but there's no sleuthing no anything right right the second thing is obi-wan kenobi bro if all of the things around the thing you want looking at are being gravitationally affected by something but there's no blip of light in your map just mm-hmm. go there. Like, you don't need Yoda and the younglings to to tell you. And so, so a, there's that. B, how does how does Yoda know? How, how, Yoda's like, 
the youngling is right. Like, you don't know. <laughs> like, you didn't have the archives memorized. Like, Obi-Wan's n- next course of action should be to go there and see what's there, right? Yeah. yeah. Should be, should, but for Yoda to be smug like, the youngling is right. Well, Yoda, you don't know that. How would you know? <laughs> There's all of this... Uh, he doesn't know Yoda. Yoda doesn't know. That's the thing is that yeah. like this, this it, it, there's, there's so many shortcuts taken in this movie. Yes. man. Uh, just, I mean, just shortcuts for shortcuts sake. Almost. I think like, to if, and, and by God, if any of these shortcuts gave us more love story, I will, <laughs> I will, I don't even know what I will vow to do something crazy because okay. like cutting, cutting things from the B story to make the love story longer yeah. worst mistake ever worst mistake <laughs> yeah. because the love story was the dumbest part of everything right right oh and to wit the, the the love story was so dumb that it won uh hayden christensen an award for uh worst supporting actor from the golden raspberries <laughs> that year <laughs> That was not the only award that they won. They also lost. They also lost. They also won uh, worst screenplay. So again, something we talked about. But yeah. also were nominated for worst picture, worst director, worst supporting actress for Natalie Portman, worst screen couple, Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen. How does that worst, not win? Worst remake yeah, or Jesus. sequel? I don't know who they lost to that year. I'm going to find out because yeah. it's got to be. It, it's going to have to be fucking epic. Comparatively, yeah. right? I mean, is that when Geely came out? Maybe that's when Geely came out. Oh God, two thousand two, Geely. Oh God, that. Well, I'm gonna look it up. There are so many things to talk about in the love story, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have two things just off the top of my head. First is the obvious pantomime that Natalie Portman is forced to do with <laughs> the floating fruit thing. Yeah. Like Natalie, I'm sorry, you right. are an Oscar-winning actress. You're clearly talented. You're clearly amazing. Right. And you had to do this. Like, yeah. sorry, that's, I apologize to you retroactively, but that's what had to happen <laughs> for you. The The other part of that, that, of that section there is like, so, so prior to that, Anakin and Padme shared a smooch on the balcony. And then, and then they agree like, like, you know what? Not a good idea. Yeah. Even though Anakin's like, but I really like you or whatever. She's like, they're like, not a good idea. So then, of course, the next thing they do is after their little dinner, Natalie Portman, or excuse me, Padme gets dressed up in this like really nice looking dress thing. Yeah. Lights a fire in the fireplace, turns the lights down, and they sit on the same couch. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, not a good idea to be in love. Let's right. chat. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, yep. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've got the answer to what beats uh, wor- uh, um, episode two for worst screen couple. It is Adriano, Adriano Gianni or Giannini, excuse me, Adriano Giannini and Madonna in a movie called Swept Away, which I've never heard of. I've never Apparently, heard of it either. It's a Guy Ritchie joint, as it were. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's based on a, a Venezuelan movie from the 70s, I guess. <clears throat> but yeah, so I've never heard of it, but it's also considered to be one of the worst films ever made. Oh shit, I'm going to have to watch this. The love story stuff here is, is the, the most cringy shit ever. Okay, just, just, just uh, like some yeah. of the cringiest, like I pity 
whoever George Lucas was with at the time romantically. (laughs) Because if this is what he thinks is romance, no wonder this dude has had a couple of marriages. (laughs) um, There's this whole thing with, with Anakin in his, I can't help how I feel crap. Right. I mean, like, yeah, it's, he is obviously, you know, you're supposed to take it as he's a teenager and, and you can chalk some of that up to that, but he's also a teenager who has been for the last 10 years trained as a Jedi Padawan. You are trained yeah. to control your emotions. You are trained to, yeah. you know, uh, to be able to recognize when you should and shouldn't say things. And I'm not saying all Padawan are, are perfect, obviously not, but you would think that at some point he would think to himself, Oh, okay. I shouldn't probably say to her, this is your fault for being so attractive, which he doesn't yeah. ever actually do, but you can kind of taste that that's, that's right there, ready to come out kind of a thing. You know? Yeah. I, it's this. I just it, can't. I just can't even. Now, <laughs> you know, I think he probably would come off as definitely somebody at risk for being an abuser. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, that makes total sense because. He's he's being somewhat manipulative in what he's saying, right? Mm-hmm. To her at times, but mm-hmm. also in the next film, he he leaps to the jealous rage mm-hmm. that winds up killing her, right? Uh, at the end there, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be controversial and say that constitutes abuse. Yes, choking your wife with the force. <laughs> like that's that controversial. That is that is abusive. I will I will accept my you know women's rights award, please now. <laughs> <laughs> for for being so courageous as to say force choking your wife is <laughs> so a couple of things that i thought of as i was watching through yeah um first of all r2 has jets in the prequel era but in the later <laughs> yeah, movies he does what? not come on did he make a conscious decision to stop using them or when the droids minds were wiped did they were... make him for did he make him forget that he had Jets. Did he forget? Yeah, and then he just doesn't see them in random Wait, system checks. Hold on, he doesn't know. When was R two wiped? He wasn't. No, I'm just, I'm just yeah. throwing it out there as a thing. <laughs> but like R two, yeah. obviously, he's like, oh shit, I've got these. Oh fuck, I forgot about these jets. And he oh, the jets. Use them in oh the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't use them in the sequels either. So yeah, what the fuck, man? Anyway. Yeah. So that was no, one thing that I thought. That's a good one because that yeah, like that's that's like oh well, R two is OP now. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Except not. Never mind. He doesn't have those. <laughs> right, right. It's like uh, you know, like in the uh, the the shitty Transformer, Michael Bay Transformer movies, where Bumblebee can't talk, right? Yeah. Like, oh, but he could talk, but the, you know that kind of thing. Like later, yeah. like you, you find out, oh, he can't fly, but before he could fly, right? Yeah. Um, okay, Padme's confession of love. Yes. Right before they go out to their impending doom, yeah. is probably one of the low points in this entire 11 film series. Yeah. It is just as cringeworthy as his. It, it plays as fantasy, like what a, but obviously this is space fantasy, but it plays as maybe George Lucas's fantasy of what he maybe thought he would love to have someone say to him. It's bad. It's the bad. moment. The moment is, it's ruined in so many ways. <laughs> it's ruined by the, of course, the bad dialogue. My God, right, right, the bad dialogue. It's clunky. It's it's, it's clunky. Mm-hmm. It's also ruined by, like, it's a moment that you didn't earn. 
Exactly. You yes. know, I wrote that down about, I like, I, I just started writing myself a couple of notes about just overall, why is this such a bad movie? Mm-hmm. The point one was the dialogue. Mm-hmm. But point two was it wants, it makes you want to care about something that it didn't earn. That's right. Like yep. the moment, the moment, the polar opposite earned moment, the earned cheer, the theater going fucking crazy mm-hmm. is in is Avengers Endgame. And you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Avengers Endgame, Cap catches the hammer. Right. Right. That's, that's, that is earned. The yes. seeds for that were planted like movies ago. Thank you. Yes. And the character is, yes. is, is like going through all these things and, when you consider the winter soldier and civil war stuff and all that mm-hmm. stuff, the, the conflict going on there, that is an earned moment. Yep. The cheer, like I was in the theater. I don't normally cheer with cheer things, mm-hmm. but even I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, that, that moment earned its emotional impact. Yes. Absolutely. Padme confessing her love like, uh, on the, in the backdrop of this schlocky shitty love story. nothing is earned there nothing is earned right no very little in this film is earned i don't think i think that this is just him saying okay well we've got to have this here we've got to have this here and kind of like ticking off a list of all the things that will need to be in place for the next movie but not not seeding any of it like you said like like you said now this is something that i talk about regularly in my other show uh, because we talk only about movies on the other show and I talk about like earning it within, within one film, right? You earn mm-hmm. something by, by, by putting it out there and then, you know, and then making use of it, right? There was, uh, the, the, there's this concept, right? You know about it. It's the Chekhov's gun thing, right? Where you, yeah. you put it in in the first act and it's supposed to go off by the third act. Otherwise, yeah. why did you have the gun in there, yep. right? Yeah. You can't just have the gun firing because where did it come from? Yep. Right? And that's what you're talking about with this Padme thing. Yeah. Um, the same thing goes with this whole fight with Yoda and Dooku at the end. It's supposed yeah. to have some sort of emotional impact. It's supposed to have some sort of some sort of weight to it, but it doesn't. First of all, it looks cheesy as hell with Yoda jumping around like some yes. sort of like fucking unhinged frog with yes. a, with a light sword. And then secondly, you don't know any of the backstory of Yoda and Dooku. Yep. And the difference yep. here between this and, and I'm, I'm sure people will make the connection that, well, you didn't know anything about Luke or about uh, Darth Vader and, and Obi-Wan's past when they had their duel on the Death Star. No, but what you did have is you had an emotional connection to Obi-Wan through Luke, who is your main character. Yep. Yep. So there's a difference there, yep. right? Here, there's not a difference. Yoda is there's not no, the main character. The Yoda, the Yoda section of the duel between Dooku, Obi Wan, Anakin, and Oda, or, mm-hmm. and Yoda, Oda, Oda. Um, was like so. When I first saw that in theater, I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, that that is cool," mm-hmm. you know, because Yoda gets like he uses he like he uses the force to pull his lightsaber off his belt and he turns it on. Right, he does these, he does he does these, like. In the moment, really cool force things and really cool like fight things. Right. In the moment. Right. But in the in the larger scheme, it actually cheapens Yoda a little bit. Yes. Because for, for several reasons. Mm-hmm. Or for, for the thing that the thing that bothers me about it, because at this point Yoda has been the Jedi Grandmaster for centuries. There's this comic or short story or something like this I read a while back where mm-hmm. this is like post Return of the Jedi. Luke is having 
some sort of ceremony or party where there's a bunch of other Jedi and friends present. And this terrorist guy shows up to the party and he's got, he's got a detonator in his hand and all he has to do is thumb the trigger and he'll blow up. He's strapped bombs to himself and he'll blow up and he'll kill a bunch of Jedi. Okay. And Luke talks the guy out of doing it. Right. Luke could have used the force to prevent the guy from ever putting his thumb down. Right. Mm-hmm. Or Luke could have used the force to like yank the bombs off the guy's chest and hurl them into space or whatever. Right. Right. Or Luke could have, you know, mind tricked the guy into thinking he had to like go to the bathroom or whatever and have to <laughs> run away. Right. Luke could have done all those things, but Luke, even though he has these, um, this, this huge power, unprecedented force power and mm-hmm. everyone knows it. He just talks to the guy. Right. And solves the problem. I don't yeah. expect Yoda to just talk to them, but what I do expect or what I want is for the grandmaster who has been grandmaster for centuries mm-hmm. to do something more or different or better than just lightsaber bash. Right. Like take this for instance, for instance, this is just me spitballing. Yep. He could have, as Yoda is like hobbling out of the, around the corner, right? What he could also be doing is unbeknownst to anybody else, disabling the drive on Dooku's getaway ship. Oh, sure. Well, you know I mean, what I mean? Like, he's got that kind he could, of power. He could just yank the cables out of whatever, right? Yeah. And do it in such a way that Dooku doesn't even know. Mm-hmm. And maybe just the camera can show us that, but Dooku doesn't know. So then Yoda, so then, then the lightsaber fight becomes a feint. It becomes Yoda engaging in this moment, but really he's got another plan sort of above this moment where he's not trying to win the lightsaber fight. He's trying to delay so that reinforcements can arrive and capture Dooku. Right. Right. That, that is just one way that Yoda could be better than what Yoda is in this film. I, th- I think the Yoda duel it seemed cool at first to me in the theater back in 2002, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But upon rewatching, it, it makes Yoda just another Jedi rather than like the wisest of them all. Right. Right. You know? Well, I think what they what he was trying to do here, and and and, I, and I'm not saying that this is this is in any way, shape, or form a good idea. But what he was trying to do here was to set Yoda up as a great lightsaber wielder because at one point obi-wan says to anakin does he tell me something about in this movie be like you think you rival master yoda oh no there you go dreams you know yeah yep that it is yep there it is right so that's his version of planting the seed and then paying it off yep by showing us this frog hop thing and and my point is is that even with keeping the frog hop in there Mm -hmm. you can still do something that makes Yoda more than just frog hoppy lightsaber guy. Right. Right. Because he ought to be more than just frog hoppy lightsaber guy for this, <laughs> for this fight. One would hope. I mean, he <laughs> is like you said, a grandmaster and for centuries too. I mean, for centuries. For a long, long yeah. time. He has been the Jedi, the pinnacle of the Jedi. Like right? he was, he was grandmaster before Dooku was born. Right. Surely, right. surely he's been through things and knows a thing or two. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Okay, so we talked a little bit early on about like how the Battle of Geonosis is kind of cool because we see all these Jedi and they're fighting yeah. and, and, and all that, right? And, and, yep. and, and it's kind of a double-edged sword for me mm-hmm. because it is cool, but it is merely spectacle. 
right? It has some really great moments in it. It has Mace Windu versus Jango Fett. It's got, yeah, like I said, Jedi, you know, battling all over the place. But it also is probably the dumbest battle <laughs> yeah. in 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 the whole prequels, the whole prequel trilogy, because. What was this whole setup for? Why were they dragging Anakin, Padme, and Obi-Wan out there, right? The idea was to execute them, right? Why not just execute them and get it over with? Yeah. You execute them, you get it over with, and you move on to whatever you're going to do next. Yeah, especially with like, like, do these bug guys even know what a fucking Jedi is? So why are they being put out there? What's this spectacle all about, right? Just does not make any sense. I mean, is it just that... Is it just that this Geonosis, this planet Geonosis is like, that's the bread and circuses of their, of their civilization, right? Is these spectacle executions of whoever it is. But like, but, but I, I'm still with you though, because I think like Dooku or Tyrannus or whatever you want to call him, he should never have let two Jedi into an arena with, animals you know yes. there to to mind trick and whatever else like right. dooku should know that there's a fair chance that jedi will escape that right you know you, he should just think, have yep. dooku should just have cut their heads off with the lightsaber right you know why why even bother <laughs> there's another by, by the way there's another thing and during the battle of geonosis like later on um dooku is in some kind of like hideout room right and like the bug guy or whatever you, whatever you call the Genosians, mm-hmm. he's like, you must take these plans and hide them away. They're, they're super secret. And then he hands Dooku this little puck thing. And all Dooku does is press the top of it. And mm-hmm. it, bloop, it spits out a picture of the Death Star. Like, if those plans are so secret, pressing the button on top of the thing <laughs> should not display the plan. You know? <laughs> it shouldn't be like, if you drop it, it might accidentally turn the plans on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, shoot, I dropped this putt. What the hell is that? <laughs> what is that? You know? Oh, that looks intimidating. Uh, <laughs> dude, I never, I never thought of that. You are absolutely <laughs> right. Like, you could accidentally tap that. Like, it could turn on in your luggage. Yeah, right? Like, right? And it's a hug or whatever. So, like, Duke yeah. could have it in his pocket. And, yeah. like, there could be a little red Death Star, like, projecting out of his pocket. You know <laughs> what I mean? Just, just put it. Oh, like, whoa. <laughs> oh, and people are like, hey, what's that? Is that a Death Star in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have our episode title. <laughs> God, that's just another thing I'm going to look. Next time I see this, I'm, I probably won't watch it again for another 10, 15 years. But like next time I see this, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think back to that and be like, oh, fuck, that's right. Oh, shit. <laughs> so we, we, usually, we usually have questions. I have a question for you. For each other. Oh, okay. Yep. I have a question for you. Sure. Okay. I've got, I've got a question for you too. So you, you what go is, ahead. what is the best part of this movie? Taken out of context, the best part of this movie is the lightsaber battle on Geonosis. Within mm-hmm. context, yeah. it's just as bad as everything else. How about for you? What do you think is the best part of this movie? Anakin dealing with his mother. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, there could have been some emotional weight there, right? Yeah, there's, I mean, like, that had a good shot of being, like, you know, take away some of the love story and put more of that in, Right, you know? yes. Like, because that could have been pretty good, because we already, we know his mother from the previous movie, and they they do a funeral, and they say things that probably could have been written even a little better and stuff like that, too, but, like, <laughs> when compared to the rest of the film, that was a pretty okay sequence, I thought. Right. 
I, I could I could get behind that. I think that I think that that is the kind of thing that maybe should have more emotional weight to it, but it doesn't. Um, because yeah. because uh, because of the shitty writing, honestly. Yeah. If if that's and that's the that's the that's the caveat to all these things to this right. well to this question right. is that like it's what's the best part of a terrible movie? <laughs> yeah. You know. Like, that's the real tragedy of this, right? We talk yeah. later in the, in, in the next movie. They're going to talk about the tragedy of Darth Plagueis, the uh, the wise. The wise, yeah. Um, but the the tragedy of George Lucas, the wise, is that well, he he let a couple of he let a couple go by, man. I mean, he let a couple yeah. of shots go by. He could if if he was a smarter writer, he should have brought in other people to polish this script, and not somebody who's just mainly done TV. You bring in somebody that that knows these characters that maybe God, you could even bring in the novelist. You could bring in like that. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. That um, Donald glut that, that adapted uh, empire strikes back, or you could bring mm-hmm. in Timothy Zahn for fuck's sake, you know, Bro, somebody, for somebody sake, to yeah. Yeah, somebody to help you write dialogue because like yeah. I've, I've tried my hand at writing and I know what I'm strong with and what I'm not strong with. You would think that George Lucas, a man of his experience and his, ability would know what his limitations yeah right and he doesn't he doesn't know his limitations you have to have somebody there to tell him what his limitations are i I wanted to bring up one other thing before i ask my question to you but have you seen the abrupt ending memes the ones where like um like one particular little turning point and that could be the end of the oh yeah 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 Right. So one of them i thought of was if archie had been just a tiny little bit late Padme would have been molten metal. <laughs> then yeah. you just have like just like oops, and like the molten metal is pouring in, and then it says mm-hmm. been directed by George Lucas um, <laughs> at the bottom. So yeah. Speaking of writing, yep. what what would you have done differently with this film, and what would you do better? What would you have done differently with a prequel trilogy? Wow. Man, that's huge. So I know, I know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to drop that whole big thing on you. And if you just want to focus on this movie, what would you have changed? Let's do that. Uh, okay. So this this film. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually I'm gonna try to fix this film by fixing the trilogy. Oh, sweet. All okay. Right. This this film. So the trilogy gets fixed. Skip the child on Tatooine stuff for Anakin. Episode one. Anakin's already a Jedi. Meets Padme. He falls in love. Maybe. She doesn't, or whatever. I don't know. But then you have, then you earn the love story. But right. you earn the, you earn the payoff of a love story, where maybe it's unrequited at first in in the first film of the trilogy. Right. You also having Darth Maul die, and then replaced by another guy. I get where that's coming from in terms of like Darth Sidious just using people and throwing them away. But what I think it misses is like it makes you sort of think that the number two Sith guy is like a piece of shit. In which case, becoming Darth Vader isn't as scary as it seems. So I think throw away Darth Maul, give Darth Tyrannus the whole trilogy prequel as the precursor apprentice and make him more scary and more powerful and more real that way. Make it a better payoff when Anakin defeats him. Another thing we could do too, another thing that I think would work better that way too, then is like the f- fall of Anakin could work a little better too. In other words, Anakin could be a genuinely good guy. And then you can, you can watch his arrogance with his powers grow over mm-hmm. time. Whereas 
the first time you meet Anakin as Jedi, he's already an arrogant shit. He's already like, Obi-Wan's holding me back. Yeah. I'm really good at the force. <laughs> you know? So I think yeah. another, I think a film like episode one should be Anakin being like a precocious Padawan, but not a child. So yeah, I think, I think those couple of things at least could, could smooth some things over. The, that's in lieu of like a total rewrite, but I, I can't think of that off the top of my head. <laughs> right. You're sure. Yeah. yeah. What, what? Why not? But what about you? I feel like the unrequited love thing, I feel like if this is going to work, they both have to be invested in it and we have to be invested in it as a, as an audience as well. If we, if we meet Anakin in the first film and then you, you know, he meets and falls in love with Padme and she falls in love with him as well. But the, you end it with, look, we can't stay away from each other. We love each other that much, but we can't let the Jedi know I have to try and hide this because I also feel this pull towards the force as much as I feel a pull towards you, right? So you could have that. You yeah. could have that there, right? Don't use his fear of her dying as this carrot on a stick that they use. You could still have Palpatine doing all the machinations, right? All of that, right? But yeah. what you do is she does die, right? Obviously, but mm-hmm. she dies before he falls. Before the fall is when she's going to die, okay? Which means that the kids have to be born by then. The only problem with that is that then he doesn't know about the kids. Yeah, in, then, you, in the, in the then, you just, then you just changed the OG trilogy. Right, right. Yeah. Shit. Ah, maybe that doesn't work. I'd have to think about that a little bit longer. I didn't yeah. realize you were going to turn this back around on me, Paul. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> no, I, threw I, a, I threw a baseball at you. Why are you throwing a baseball at me? You know? <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? How dare you? you? The, the audacity. Okay, so I would say that if you're gonna if you're gonna have the love story, you're gonna lean lean the fuck into that, all right? Yeah. Stay away from all the political intrigue. Obviously, this stuff can kind of be going on in the background, but nobody cares about that, right? In the very first Star Wars film, all we had was, oh, the emper- emperors dissolved the Senate. Oh, yeah. God, well, they were all falling apart anyway, you know, blah, 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 and move on. We don't need that to make a good story, you know? Yep. This yep. could all be about Jedi infighting. This could all be about, like, what, what Anakin wants. Maybe it could be Anakin standing up to the Jedi and saying, no, 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 we should be able to love. There shouldn't yeah. be a reason why we can't, right? And, yeah. and, and him getting thrown out of the Jedi and him getting taken in by Palpatine and turning to the dark side and Padme you know, dying in some kind of accident or something like that. And, and Obi-Wan finds the twins and like spirits them off right as everything's starting to kind of crumble, you know? Maybe that's what you got to do. I don't know. Mm, yeah, yeah. Already, I, f- I feel more uh, attachment to that idea than what, what we got. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, for whatever that's worth, I guess. This one's a tough one, man. I, the thing is, I love Star Wars. I love the concepts within Star Wars, but I'm not so blind to good and bad filmmaking that I'll just consume it all with just a smile on my face. It. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, uh, we talked uh, in one of our original recordings that were lost about how when I first saw Phantom Menace, I didn't know whether I liked it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like I was confused and like I thought I was going to see a Star Wars movie and I, I got that. And it was like, I, what, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Got any final thoughts? Anything else that we want to? My only final thought is this is a bad film, but it doesn't break Star Wars for me. No, it doesn't break Star Wars. No. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. It's, 
like I can I can I can live in the space where some or even a fair amount of the produced material is garbage and yet still retain my love and appreciation sure. for the thing. All you got to do is read a vast majority of the novels and you know that there's, there's yeah. a bunch of garbage out there and some good yeah. stuff. Or, or God, just if you want to see some garbage, look at the old Marvel uh, comic series that was sanctioned by Lucasfilm. Oh, uh, yeah. That is some straight garbage. <laughs> uh, yeah. So where, where, do you, uh, where do you foresee us going? Uh, use the force, Paul. Tell us use you the force. Yeah. How, where, uh, where should we, what do you think? What do you think? Where should we go next? Should we, should we stay next? prequel? Should we go and look at Revenge of the Sith and see if that's any better? Should we jump ahead? Should we go way far back? What do you Should we should we look at a different media again, like comic or video game or well, we could something like um, that? Well we could do comic or video game. I mean we what just, are you thinking? You thinking you thinking print or are you thinking i didn't i did so what i didn't come out like last time we came out with a pretty clear direction of like you know what we need right. to do is we need to talk about blah next but right, now right. i feel now i feel like i don't need to stay in the prequel trilogy myself film wise like i think we can go sure. somewhere else right. and obviously always can come back to it but what if we did something pre all the films there's the knights of the old republic comics um, oh are there are there comics for that Oh yeah, yeah. There's Knights of the Old Republic, the old Legends Dark Horse series. That one ran fifty issues or something like that. Let me see. Yeah, fifty, we have 50 that? total issues. Is that on Comicsology? It it is, but you'd have to we'd have to buy it. There's no. Oh, we have to buy it. Hmm. Yeah, there's not any on the uh, shit. unlimited. Uh, uh, shit, shit, shit. Do you know though? There might. I don't have Marvel Unlimited. They have a Darth Maul series on Comicsology, and it looks like. It predates Phantom Menace, but only by a little bit. This is uh, Darth Maul, a five-issue series that deals with like his apprenticeship to Sidious. So in other words, does it take us right into Phantom Menace? I don't know. I don't know. Or it's close, just, anyway, uh, or like it might. It says that um, that that might, I, I could dig that. I could dig something that like butts up against you know prequels or whatever too, right? Sure. Yeah. Like this, I think the thing that the cool thing that we might we might find from that is that I, I like Darth Maul as a character. He's got a great design, mm-hmm. um, and that fight in Phantom Menace is probably one of the high points of the prequel. Oh yeah, for sure. But you have to you have to take it out of context, right? But this says here, I'm going to read you the the collected edition summary. It says, "Raised on hate, fear, and anger." Steeped in the ways of darkness and trained to kill, Darth Maul's time as apprentice to Darth Sidious has long been cloaked in shadows. Now at last, his tale of revenge is revealed. It's a story of rage unleashed as Darth Maul prepares for his first encounter with the hated Jedi. But when a Jedi Padawan is captured by sinister forces, why is Maul so determined to find her? And what role will a band of bounty hunters, including Cad Bane and Ara Singh, play? Get to know the galaxy's deadliest Zabrak like never before. Let's do it. Cool. So we got our next thing. So we're going to read Darth Maul. Star Wars Darth Maul. Did you say there was five issues? Yeah, there are five individual yeah. issues. Okay. Let's just read, let's just read all five then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's read the whole yeah. story. 
and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, so that's a, that's a good one. So that's, uh, I guess that'll be our episode for this week, and now you know what we're doing next week. So, so uh, just uh, make sure to follow us on Pornhub.com backslash uh, <laughs> <weird> disturbances. <laughs> Definitely a backslash. Um, <laughs> Thanks for listening to Great Disturbances. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can find us on Facebook by searching for at Great Disturbances and on Twitter at G Disturbances. See you later.